yes, ladies and germs. We hey call guys, it a triple pop. Episode 78 of CMD Towers Brews and Builds. I'm Mr. Comet number five, and my fellow host is the definition of heartless Hedetsugu. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Is he a demon? Or, is he a demon or oh. a devil? Oh god. Look at this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, it's wor it's working. No, that's how it's supposed uh, to be, yeah. Yeah. That's so pretty. For for those playing the home game, uh, Mr. Combo has been enjoying in the, the beverage brigade with me and Squee, and he just cracked a nitrous beer and poured it into a glass as I recommended he would it, and now he has a beautiful mosaic of uh of hops and barley going down but uh yeah uh, hey lords and ladies speaking of beer i'm sitting here in my rock creek brewing hat uh with my brand new rock creek brewing glass i just purchased today <laughs> in this tulip and enjoying a delicious rock creek uh Yijing, i'm sorry eager sanctioned porter uh in this desolate hellscape that we choose to live in called the midwest um, that so that's exciting for those playing the yeah. game. And I got another glass back there too. Uh, Woo. but yeah, uh, Mr. Kaba, how you doing? What's going on? What's the word? Oh, I'm doing all right. Uh, for some reason work today was just non just, just kicked, just kicked you right in the, right in the keister, huh? Yeah. Like literally worked from seven 30, this morning till like six, which I never did. Whoa. That, uh, I was going to say that, that is like a record. I was going to say that's not all that abnormal for a normal person's work day. Yeah, I know, but you know, <laughs> I'm on the, I'm on the for, some people do the, I, I don't know. Do you guys know the, um, what's it called? It's like 89 deal where you work. You have 80 hours to work over two weeks, but then you take the second Friday off. I don't know. It's something that what? some corporations do where like you like you get every second Friday off, like every huh. payday you get off. And then the idea is you make up the work. So pretty much you just have to work like an extra hour a day and then you have. Oh. a Yeah, which is like what gotcha. most people in corporate America do. But you're yeah. like, so instead of the 80, 90, 89, you're like the 25. <laughs> Like, hey, look, I, I would say most people in corporate America work four days a week at a normal rate and then just take the Friday anyway. Yeah, exactly. Oh, easily. Well, usually Friday is just like wrapping up a few calls. But I mean, I think almost all my peers take off around like two o'clock. Yeah. 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 <laughs> on Friday. That's what it should be. Um, and, well, and then yeah. back when I used to work in an office, like I would just like I, I would like leave it to me. Like, hey, guys, I'm going to work at home. And then just by work at home, I have my laptop open on my back patio yeah. while I'm like having a beer. And like I just yeah. see all these people just like sitting there looking miserable, like droning away. And I was like, I've been here for six months. Like you guys could have done this years ago, but you chose not yeah. to for your operations trick. job. You just log into Messenger, it shows a little green dot that you're available, and then you right. And like if, if something comes, if something comes up, like there were times where I like was two beers deep, and I got a message being like, "Oh, this just crashed. Like we need you to go in and fix this now." I'm like, uh <laughs> like dip, dip, glass of water. And like let's do this thing. Jeez. Uh, but no, uh, other than that, things have been going good. Good. Uh, when this episode launches, I will be on a plane to Cabo. If any of you guys are curious where I'm going, it's LeBlanc Cabo. It is absolutely beautiful resort, uh, all inclusive. Uh, we have like butlers on each floor and they have like this French fusion restaurant. And oh my la gosh, la. they have like nine different restaurants. I'm going with one of our good friends, Ali and his wife. And oh, no, one of really? Their, yeah. Oh, I thought it was and just you and Joe. Of, cool. Mm-mm. 
Um, and then one of their other pharmacy friends and his wife are also going. So yeah, it's going to be a fun little excursion. A uh, funny thing though, you know, obviously you guys all know we're getting married. And so it's like, Hey, cut down on magic spending, cut down on excess spending in general. So let's go to Cabo. Um, yeah, exactly. Let's go to an all inclusive resort in Cabo. <laughs> uh, we, we got to go for free. So oh. how did you figure yeah. that out? Uh, I mean, work? it's part of my membership deal that I like paid for That's not five free. years ago. Oh. Yeah, okay, you're right. I, I think all in, I think this trip cost me $2,000 that I paid five years ago. So, but you also did this. You also was this, I think there's one time where it was over and I heard you taking someone to task on the telephono. Uh, I Correct. think it was about this, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it was insane. Like, I don't I don't really hear Mr. Kakamo <laughs> negotiating unless it's about 50 cents off of 100 cards I'm trying to buy from him. Um, but I will say it was pretty it was pretty good to see you out in the wild like that. <laughs> but uh, so we, we said no Valentine's Day presents, uh, just, you know, save money. I think sure. we're gonna go get brunch, but that's it. Uh, but I was like, hey, let me surprise my fiance. I got all of these miles. Let me upgrade us to first class round trip. Oh, nice. yeah, so I did it. But then guess what? Because of COVID, first class, you get a seat, one bottle of water and one snack that is sealed. That's what? it. Really? Usually when you go first class, yeah, it's no like drinks bottomless or drinks. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. like a massive basket of food. Oh, it, it is just like the best experience ever. And so basically I just spent all these miles for us to board a little early and to have a little comfier yeah. seat. And well, and the funny, the funniest oh, part rough. when you board, like the board early is such a misnomer, right? Because you're just sitting there watching everyone else get on the plane behind you, right? Like <laughs> right. it's not yeah, really like, a value. I don't need to be on this plane right now. I could be out in well, the lobby with some, some more air. I will, and I will say this, normally it's great because on the flight home from Israel, which was like 14 hours or something, my yeah. my dad upgraded me and another, there's this other guy on the team, Reggie, who was humongous, like dwarfed me and he upgraded both of us. The, he had spare miles and was like kind of throwing this guy a break. Sure. Um, but we were, we were going there and like, I can't sleep on planes very well. So we sat down and they're like, hey, can we bring you something to drink? And I said, yeah, like, do you have a beer? That'd be really nice. Cause I was pretty much sober throughout Israel as you sure. would. And then they were like, yeah, you can have as many, like, what would you like? And I was like, oh, does it cost anything? Like, no, you can, you can have as many as you want. And I was like, <laughs> you're like, this so is I, four, I, I have 14 hours to watch six movies and drink nine beers and have nice. meals every once in a while. It was wild, dude. Uh, but good. I'm glad. Uh, I, so I was going to say, ah, oh, damn, I had a list of stuff that happened today. So like, I've kind of been, for those who don't know, I kind of got some things up in the air right now with the move and like the car situation and like some other things. And today, you know, I went and had my parents and they like, you know, had their little moment of, of respite for me yesterday. And literally, today, and I was kind of like waiting for all these things. And literally today, I think I found my apartment to move into in Charlotte. I confirmed that I'm getting the car next week. A gun that I'd forgotten about got confirmed that it works. It's just bad ammo. Um, and I have a tech, and I move, I got moved on on the new job opportunity working for the beer company for a uh, second round and last interview next week. Nice. I don't what beer company? What is this? So it's there. It's a new job uh, potentially, and they are a di a beer distribution company out of Chicago. So they're family uh, owned. So they're not a brewing, but it's still like beer adjacent. So on my interview, sure. the guy said. So I noticed, like, so on at like the tail end of your interview, it says I always put like extracurriculars, right? And I have so many that like I've kind of chosen ones that I think can be like somewhat applicable. So I have like podcast and content creator uh, at. Um, 
CMD tower, mostly because of the ask and be like, well, I update the website, sure. so I'm keeping my HTML still strong. And then I have Big Tuck Brewing underneath it just to show that I have like passion outside of work. And the first question out of this guy's mouth, who luckily also was like a big bearded bald guy in Virginia. So I was like, this is going to go good, <laughs> which it did. He was like, so I see you brew your own beers. I already knew that he was going to ask that. I was like, yeah, you know, it's like a hobby, but like, I think the industry is really interesting and like something to be really passionate about, you know? Um, so yeah, so it was, it was a big, it was a very big, exciting Thursday for big tuck. And I feel much more like, okay, these places, these things are falling in. I just don't understand how you keep getting job opportunities when you job hop more than probably a teenage kid picks his condom brand. <laughs> now I will, so I will say this, <laughs> I will say this, the first, I was at a job for almost two years out of grad school. And then I went from, uh, I was a year in consulting. I've been four months in consulting. And as I made mention, I'm not sure that I'm gonna, I'm not sure if I wanted to be there for two years, I would have a job there for two years. So the idea here is if I can move internal someplace, the interview what did you say when they're like where do you see yourself in two years i just no, like, they just oh i'm a different company <laughs> somewhere else i don't know <laughs> where do you see yourself in five years don't say doing your wife don't say doing your wife don't say doing your wife <laughs> doing your son uh no uh no i just told them that where it's like you know I was kind of promised, I kind of got promised the moon when I joined this company. And now my boss is out on sabbatical for potentially forever. And they've already laid off three other people on the practice. So it's kind of like, I don't want to, I would rather be proactive in my movement. So hopefully when I get a role internally, it'll be something that I can see a bit more of a future with, but there you go. That's all I got. And like I said, I'm loving this. I'm loving this uh, delicious rock Creek swag. Yeah, I'm gonna cut you off right there. <laughs> I'm, not so like Kanye West or, I'm gonna stop. Listen, I'm gonna stop you right there. Move right along. <laughs> uh, thanks for tuning into the episode, guys. And as always, with his Manolith commentary is Squee McGee from Chaos Records. It's like me yeah. last week. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about your squeak last week. Yeah. That was very surprising. Um, I'm actually living up to my name this week. I am quite literally iced Squee. Uh, <laughs> I have been. As a skinny person, so f***ing cold, I don't even know how to describe it. <laughs> when we work at the warehouse, it was so cold today that the labels wouldn't stick to the bottles because the bottles were cold, and then once they got over the oh, line, wow. they started condensing, so they were wet. Oh my god. It's really nice. Awesome uh, we, we had band practice last night in the basement, usually down there, no matter when, maybe, and there's like four or five of us down there at the time. And usually it's like, I'm just a bucket of sweat. Like, I feel like I shouldn't even be wearing a shirt. And I don't even think I broke a bead yesterday. We were wow. going at it. And so I know it was yeah, shocking. Amazing. You. It only has to be about two and a half degrees for Big Tuck not to sweat. Yeah, facts. <laughs> Which, love it. funny thing on that, I actually had to turn on my heat today. Whoa! Was so cold. I, I have like one of those smart thermostats. So I just say, you know, keep the house between like 67 and 69 or 70 during the day. And then at night, you know, it can get as low as 62 because, you know, you're in a blanket and it's not right, a big yeah. deal. So my house was 67. I couldn't feel my toes. My fingers were numb and <laughs> I couldn't stop shivering. <laughs> Wow. That's, that's how I feel yeah. down in the basement all the time. Well, we got, and like we got, I know it's dire when, um, my, so my rental property management company, the only message being like, you cannot have delinquent accounts. Maintenance will not come if you call them, yep. those sort of things. Right. And they've sent out two messages in the last week saying one of them was weird where it's like, Hey, we've had reports of 
uh, sanctioned or unsanctioned pets, which I know is directly directed at me because they still don't know <laughs> that Mr. Bubbles is my roommate, uh, about them being out in the cold. And they were like, you need to keep those damn pets indoors, which for me was yeah. like, is that their business? But whatever. Um, and then the second one was, okay, here are some helpful tips to keep your pipes from freezing because maintenance already has a backlog. And it was like a page full oh of stuff. Gosh. So I was like, good, 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 good stuff. Great. Love to that see it. crazy. I'm a big block of ice waiting to melt. That's all I got this week. Yeah. All right. Well, if you guys want to support CMD Tower and possibly help Squee with heaters in his basement and all the content we put out, you should have it to our sponsor, level1gameshop.com. They sell everything you need from a tabletop gaming perspective, playmats, dice, uh, D&D, you know, uh, box games, the whole the whole kit and caboodle. Uh, go hook them up. They're the ones that hook you guys up with those monthly giveaways. Another way to support us head over to our Patreon. Patreon.com slash CMD Tower. We have a new patron. Woo! Yeah! And they sent me a message on Patreon. They've been listening since guess what episode, Tuck? Uh 28. Two. What? Damn! No way! Episode two. Wow! Well, they and probably know more about the podcast than we do. He's a badass because his name is badass. Thank you so much, Cameron, the tree folklore. Hell yeah, oh, dude. Wow. Welcome aboard, Cameron. Thank you. Yeah, tree folklore. Wow, so it's Thank true. So it's, it's true for... that people actually listen to this podcast because two <laughs> episodes. Well, episode, episode through. Well, I listened to the our episode one, the Prosh one. Oh, how did we ever? Okay, get, look, I don't, uh, look uh, we were on training wheels at the time. That was our first yeah, go true. around. We were just figuring it out. Just feel it's a yeah. My mom calls it the Helen Keller method. Like when you're back, when at, you're like you're back in your car. Oh my god! Any, yeah, you're back <laughs> in like which, nothing had been established. My mom like when she's backing into a space because she doesn't drive very often. She just calls it the Helen Keller method. And she's like, if you bump into something, well, maybe it probably went too far. I'm just feeling oh it out. God. I'm just feeling it out. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, hell, that was so early on. That's back when we used to have Action for News and Bruise and Builds as one. Mm-hmm. Right? That's that was how long pre ago news. That was. Yeah. Wow. I, I think, when did we start the news? On episode five of Bruise and Builds was yep. right around then? Yep. Yep. I, I no even idea. remember talking to my fiance while we were driving somewhere, and I was kind of like telling her, like, ah, she, you know, me and Tuck really want these episodes to be shorter, but like, there's other stuff that we find interesting. And she's like, why don't you just do two episodes? And I was like, wait a minute. And I think I texted Tuck, and I was like, hey, how about we break this stuff up? And he's like, that's that's genius. That's genius. No more time boxing. We didn't even have it. We didn't even have a name for it at episode two yet. It was just a just a concept. Yep. Oh yeah yeah. yeah just a concept well part of being part of our patron community like our new friend the tree folk lord is you get a shout out on bruise and builds so no matter what pledge level with the four different ones we have from just a buck a month where you get the discord the shout out and entered in for deck therapy all the way up to 25 dollars where you get a play mat sleeves coin the gizmos the gadgets the yeah. wickets the, the watches uh you get it all and you get additional entries into the monthly giveaways now, if you can't help out from a monthly perspective, but maybe you see on MTG Lexicon a really cool Mr. Combo number five reminder token, Ooh, maybe yeah, one of nice. your uh, people in your playgroup has the infamous squeeze coin. Mm. But, you know, there's you gonna be a lot of those out on the market. Keep your heads up. You see it as a one-off. Well, we do have a store, cmdtower.com slash merch. Just head in there, buy the stuff. Uh, please buy the stuff, please buy the stuff, please <laughs> pretty, buy the pretty stuff. Pretty please? 
<laughs> or eventually all this is going to end up at a thrift store when I die at the age of 36. <laughs> Got real dark. Yeah. Uh, wow. But hey, if you, can't, if you can't buy anything, you can't help out monthly, uh, just share the content you're watching and listening to. Subscribe to us on YouTube and whatever podcast platform because every little bit of interaction from the collective does help and it does help us infect new collective members. <laughs> And of course, big shout out to T Coats at T.Coats on Twitter. He is our video editor on YouTube. Uh, please leave comments, you know, leave a five-star review. Let him know what we could do to improve the Bruise and Builds videos to make them more fun to watch, more interactive, and something that eventually will get maybe 100 views, <gasps> 200 views, Whoa. an upgrade from 10. What? And hey, Pink Royal, thank you so much for uh, the music in the beginning of the end. And hey, guys, stay tuned till the end so you guys can actually hear about the borderless cards that we're giving away from our sponsor, Level One. Ooh. So Bruce and Builds is our deck tech series. Since we conquered the path to 32, we've moved on to the endless themes that EDH can bring us. Each month will be a new theme, and we correlate how these decks are constructed similar to how a beer is brewed. So we broke it down into four different categories. The first one's rampant setting your board state, that's grain. And grains are the foundation of every beer. They include both base malts and specialty malts, usually about a 60-40 ratio. These help with the color, the taste, and most importantly, the alcohol content of a beer, like the chocolate barley and this Iger sanctioned porter that gives it a little bit of a sweet finish. Next, always need ways to grow, stabilize, and ramp in your bigger threats. And just like a grain profile, they're usually a mix of staples and specialty cards. The next is how does your board interact with all of your opponents? That's called hops. And hops give the beards patented bitterness and herbal floral flavors that grow in a variety of strands and help distinguish subcategories like IPAs. Our hop choices help clear and interact with the board so your deck can ultimately do what it wants. And then how does your deck actually win the game? That's yeast. And yeast are living microorganisms that eat the sugar from the grain and poop out alcohol and CO2. It adds alcohol content in the carbonation. Without yeast, you'd be drinking flat sugar water. And without yeast cards, your deck wouldn't meet the goal of actually winning the game. And then one of my favorite sections, eh, not really. Uh, we have shenanigans. This can be pet card synergies all through the broods that are in the deck that are just kind of fun. We call that spice. And uh, not every beer has them, but spices and other additives help separate a normal stock beer from a specialty one. It could be the pepper that turns a jalapeno stout or normal stout into a jalapeno stout or the addition of hops that turn an IPA into a double IPA. Not every deck has something that makes it pop, but if it does, this is where we generally talk about it. And then we have the capping. It's a bottle capping. These are going to be big text and eyes, cuts and adds to the deck that are going to be under $5, under 50 bucks, and a no budget recommendation. We just can't talk about mana only lands. So without further ado, let's get brewing. Woo. We're still on the commander is everything to me. <laughs> and we are now on big tucks. Rakdos, Lord of Riots. Yeah. Filthy, filthy bad boy. You naughty he's, boy. He's my, he's my uh, Lord of the Large Boys. 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 So, Big Tuck, why don't you read off Rakdos's stats and then give us a little insight sure. why you decided to build this uh, kind of unique commander. Yeah, um, so Rakdos, Lord of Riots. I've had this deck for a really long time. It's been added in here for four years. I think I had it a little bit before that because... For about a year of playing, I didn't actually put things into tapped out. Um, and actually, I might be migrating off because their software is starting to crap out. Um, but Rakdos Lords yeah, of Riots. Yeah, right? Okay, you saw it too, right? I'm not going crazy? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So and it sucks. I even support I even support them for like a dollar a month on Patreon. Bastards. See? 
See, their buck a month doesn't get me nothing. Yeah. But hey, if you guys give us a dollar a month, you get shout outs, you get deck therapy, you get all the Discord stuff. Discord access. So yeah. better than tapped out. 100%. So Rakdos Lord of Riots is a legendary creature diamond. You're not a diamond, are you? Uh, it's a 6-6. Six, six. It's a mythic. Sitting around $2. Uh, it's got a pretty tough casting cost of two black, two red. Um, it's a 6-6 six, six flying trampler. And it comes with the stipulation that you cannot cast a spell unless an opponent lost life this turn. But it has a pretty significant upside of creature spells you cast costs one generic colorless, less to cast for each one life your opponents have lost this turn. I will point out that I was slightly upset that it wasn't errated to a diamond because that cut out a fair amount of big Eldrazi's that I wish it could cast. Um, continuing, wow. gr continuing great work there, Wizards, of introducing a <laughs> six color type after 30 years of the game existing. Uh, so yeah, so um, I am pretty confident that I made this, my Edric deck, and Doretti all within like maybe a calendar month of each other. So I can't really remember as to why, but I'm pretty sure it lined up with uh, MTG Goldfish's old $25 budget brews. Um, ah. And this is one that's always been, it kind of sits in the back. Um, I like it a lot. I think it's really fun to play, especially a little a little bit later in the night when like you're a little toasted and not trying to think. And I, I think one thing that's been interesting is Mr. Combo and I have talked about, like there are some decks that we have where we like meticulously tinker with them, right? Swapping in and out lands and cards and like really eyeball and oh, this new card comes out and I want it so bad. Yep. And this has been one of my decks that really has kind of just been little a little stagnant um i would say at least half if not more of the cards are in the original build um and and i will say even with that stipulation it definitely was built more in my battle cruiser years but i mean this deck can be completely brutal um if if it goes unchecked and i though i think my last point before i pass it over will be it was really interesting to do this back to back to kalia because I think we've kind of talked about how there are ways to accomplish the same goal, but do them like a little sweatier, um, a yeah. la Mizzix versus Raza. And I was looking at this deck, and honestly, I saw a lot of parallels with Kalia. I think they kind of play the they play a little bit the same where they both are trying to cheat out bigger creatures early on. Yeah. Um, and as we made mention of really, really depend on the on the commander to grease the wheels on. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I think the similarities here are both Kalia and Rakdos. The decks can function without the commander. Right. But it is extremely slow. Mm -hmm. You're playing one thing a turn, probably around turn six or seven, and that's it. Yeah. Um, and when you can only get a threat on the board per turn, you're, you know, oh, cool, you got out this massive Eldrazi, uh, murder. Yep. Oh, now I got nothing. <laughs> So, uh, you know, and I have seen this deck do filthy things yeah. on turn four and five. It's very gross. Uh, I don't like it at all, <laughs> but it is cool because I can't think of another Rakdos color legend that does something like this Yeah, to where either you're cheating the creatures uh, or um, getting a massive mana discount for cards that would normally be unplayable. And I'm going to yeah. talk about some of these cards <laughs> yeah. in this deck. Oh, for sure. But th that is just the really unique thing with it. And I think I like about Rakdos is the same thing I like about Animar. You could build the decks disgusting. Right. Or you could just build it as whatever you want. And it's like, oh, just because it's a generic mana less. I'll do, uh, I don't know, 
tribal dwarves. Yeah, yeah. Not? I, I completely. You, you could kind of mix and match. Unlike Kalia, you have to do angels, demons, yeah. and or dragons. I, this, the world is your oyster. I completely agree. And I think like even when I, I haven't looked on the EDH rec page on this in forever, and I was doing some research before the show, I think you could really see that where there's like, you could build this sub-tribe demons. You could build this sub-tribe demon devils angels, right? You could build this like yep. just as an Eldrazi build. And I do agree that I think it's fun to find kind of find some of these cards on the fringes that, that make a real impact here. For sure, for sure. All right, uh, from a color perspective, tip of the hat, no wag of the finger, because you are perfect on your pie. I was one, I, I made- I can't believe that. I made one card substitution yesterday that slightly tipped it, and I was somewhere else. I was. I think I was either, I, I was at Rock Creek, shockingly, before the show, and I think I was there, and I was like, oh, I know it, and like wrote it down immediately, and adding in that path of ancestry, put it right back on the, on the run there. And your CMC four five nine. Yeah, but it's like again, very Is it similar. A real four five nine. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of the same thing like Kalia, where it's like the the real CMC of this is probably like three six, right? Like it's yeah. definitely it's definitely slow. It's not two, but if you can get your commander out, then like that negates a lot of it. Um, and yeah, sure. and shockingly, I think I built this for a hundred dollars, and like I said, I've added a couple lands here and there, and it's like over five hundred yeah. now. Um, which again is it's fine, but it also makes me kind of upset because it's I just hate how expensive this game is. <laughs> <laughs> then why do you keep building decks? I so okay. Uh, point on that, I spent to rebuild Kaza and put the almost the final touches on on Hazazon. I only spent fifty dollars to rebuild wow. to rebuild Chevelle Kaza and almost finish Hazazon. So nice. Yeah, and it was just like some very, very minute things there. So yeah. Also, by the way, before you move, you have to play your Hazazon deck. <laughs> just like for... the, the like the actual finished one, not that BS version that you had that you uh... played back in like September. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> All right. No well, with comment. that no comment, we're gonna get on to this deck tech. Start with the grain and the ramp section. Big Tuck being your deck, I'd like you to kick it off. What's the first one you want to talk about? Well, um, <laughs> we're just gonna go right into it. Sorry, um, this is probably the more rare, better manolith out there, in my opinion. Mostly because you really need in the early game. Um, you really need cards that are going to deal a point of damage because if Rakdos, if you can't get that damage in, Rakdos is definitely sitting there. And um, I had a build of this deck that was much faster where I ran a lot more of these pingers, if you will, but then you just get board wiped and you're back to the basics. So I, this deck plays a little slower now, but Cryptolith Fragments is a real all-star in this deck. So three colors yeah. for an artifact. Um, it's an uncommon from Eldritch Moon. It doesn't have the battlefield tapped, but again, playing this more like a tempo deck, that doesn't matter as much. You can tap yeah. it, add one mana of any color um, to your mana pool. Each player loses a life. So again, mana lift, but better. Um, and I've never seen this happen before because I probably forgot. Um, but if at the beginning of your upkeep, if each player has less than 10 or, uh, 10 or less life, uh, transform it and it transforms into Aurora of Emrakul. Uh, and Eldrazi Reflection, it's a one four flying death touch. When it attacks, each opponent loses three life. I f well. Yeah, I know. Get ready for your paragraph. Yeah. <laughs> Time to zoom in. Uh, I felt compelled to take the twisted stone, and I felt and abandoned my horse's burden to accommodate its weight. Now, continued glow illuminates my home, and 
warms my mind that makes no sense uh garner garner croft more land farmer so again like you're playing rakdos so you need as many mana rocks as you can i'm probably yeah. kind of on the lower end of it but i really want my mana rocks to be able to do something whether it's draw a card because a lot of times you just run them out deal damage be able to turn into a creature that sort of thing and i feel like the the floor on cryptolith right coming in tapped well is made up uh, by its ceiling of just have being able to get rakdos out the next turn pretty much every time so I wanted to ask you a question, but I realize it's a really silly, stupid question now that I think about it, but I'm going to do it anyways. Would That's a super backfired. <laughs> would you rather this stay Cryptolith Fragment the entire game, or are you cool with it flipping into Aura of Remacruel if you're able to have everyone below yeah. 10? That also means you're below 10 as well. Yeah, and like I think this... So it's not that dumb of a question, to be honest, or at least, uh, at least I'm missing it. Like... I would wager to guess well, because if uh, if, it, if, because it, if you're at ten or less, if he swings or it swings. Yeah. you're taking everyone's life total down by thirty percent. Right? Yeah, that's it's, yeah. That's that's a great point. So I was gonna say like I would wager to guess if it's at that stage of the game. Even though this deck can kind of function like a bomberman deck, just because it's so fast and people figure that out, which we'll get into later. Um, yeah, I would I would probably want it to flip if it got down to it. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's go to my first one. Yeah. Uh, I like this card. I wish I could play it in my Neheb deck, but one of its uh, abilities has to deal with multicolored spells. You get to untap it. Uh, <laughs> I'm talking about Lobber Crew. Oh, Very cool card. Two colorless red. Creature Goblin Warrior Defender. Uh, it deals one damage to each opponent when you tap it, and then when you ever cast a multicolored card uh, or multicolored spell, untap Lobber Crew. It's easy to just aim at everything. <laughs> so I, I like this because you, you don't run a ton of multicolored spells, yeah. to be honest, but you do have some. Mm -hmm. And so being able to, okay, I'm gonna tap it, that's three damage, multicolored spell, do it again, that's six damage. Right. That could cast a lot of Eldrazi's for free, that could cast a lot of different things for a severely reduced mana cost. Exactly. Uh, and I think I think this is one of those cards that if you had kind of like that god hand with Rakdos on the board, you could tap it, do the three, cast something for three or less, sure. basically free, it untaps, do it again, cast something for six, do it again, nine, do it again, yep. 12. If you have enough multicolored stuff in your hand, you can build up to kind of go from almost your birds of paradise to your Vorinclex. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And like, I think the, the big point on this card that I think like when I was a, when I was building younger, I put in lower CMC pingers, right? Mm -hmm. Problem being is I would rather pay three to deal one damage to each opponent than pay one to only deal to one target, right? And Lava yeah. Crew and some of the other ones really enable that stuff, help you control the tempo, all that sort of thing. And, and like you said, the nut draw, being able to like play Lava Crew, deal the damage, cast Rakdos, then be able to play something else. That's really where we're trying to go. Again, as we haven't talked about in a while, that is in fact Magical Christmas Land. Yeah, that is definitely <laughs> magical Christmas land. So, Tuck, I'm just curious off the top yeah. of my head, because I don't think I saw it in your deck. Nope. Wouldn't Thermo Alchemist just be better than this? Yeah. Um, Costs well, one less, still does the one damage to each person. It's one toughness less, so it's zero three instead of zero four, and then it untaps when you cast an instant or sorcery. So the the reason I would have to do because uh, it's it's been on the it's that exact cut has been on the block a lot. Mm -hmm. But I I think I I think I did the math earlier, and I think I have 
at a, when I made the decision to keep Lava Crew in, I had more multicolored spells than I do instants and sorceries. Ah. So I was kind of playing the angles there, but I think the haste might play into it as well, because I have I only have 15 sorceries and instants. Well, okay. So yeah, it's 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 a great point, and it's one that I probably need to look into a little bit more. Yeah, because right now I'm going through your deck. You actually only have counting your commander four multicolored spells in the entire oh deck. wow no no way yeah all right well luckily i have 16 thermal alchemists lying oh, around sorry. so sorry you have five. Oh, <laughs> blasted uh so uh for those playing the home for those playing the home game when you look at this deck list lava crew out thermal alchemist in. <laughs> <laughs> look at the cut sections all right tuck what's your second Rain. So there becomes a point of the game, and this is this was my experience where I had all these like pingers and they don't do anything else, right? So yeah. I had this card mostly in there as a way to get a lot of value out of them. But this legendary Naga Naga is gonna work in this deck is an all-star, especially when you get to cast it for two. So Sadisi Undead Vizier is probably one of my favorite tutors, is not my favorite of all time. So three colorless double black for four six death touch. Need to put in my Death Touch deck. Thank you. Uh, legendary creature Zombie Naga. Uh, it has exploits. So when it enters the battlefield, you may sacrifice a creature. When it exploits a creature, which it can do itself, you may search your library for a card, put it into your hand, and then shuffle your library. So in reality, this is just a 4-6 Death Touch that's cost the same as a Demonic Tutor in this deck. Yep. And and again, like it's probably I, I just haven't played this deck that much recently. And when I last time I played it, it was just all colorless creatures. So that, that was enough. Um, but I think that being able to have some of these other creatures that are just kind of utility just to bin and then go get whatever else you want. Um, and especially if you have one of those big plays where you have enough floating mana from Rakdos where you can sack them, go get one of your big beaters, and then bring it out that same turn is really where you want to be. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, look. Sadisi's amazing. Yeah, it's yeah, absolutely right. phenomenal. I love this card. Um, and I don't know about this deck. I mean, you have a little bit of stuff you could do with your graveyard, mm -hmm. but it's more just returning. It's not really like value. Yeah, yeah, graveyard, yeah. Bringing it back. Which, yeah. You know, I, I think Sidisi does a little bit better in the value graveyard decks. Yeah. Marin, Carador, Shirai, uh, probably Aromi, stuff right, like right, that. Right, right. Oh, God. Could you imagine this in an Arami deck? Encore it out, you get three of them. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, but great card i do like it for here because i do think this is the kind of deck that you do need to be able to sculpt your hand at times yes right because the one thing you don't want is you don't want a bunch of life loss from your opponents with rakdos and you're like i could cast you know lobber crew yeah and great. that's it <laughs> yeah and it's like cool and, and i do think that there are times where the value of rakdos is one that you will run out of stuff in your hand. Yeah, it's, oh, it's, that's just well, the way it works. 100%. It's kind of like the same thing that I brought up to Frenemy Dan when we did his deck therapy on his, what's it, Naimi? Naimi, maybe? 
Nayami, something like yeah. that. Uh, his Demir uh, plays stuff on other people's turns. It's like, eventually you're gonna kind of run low on cards and like, what are you gonna do at that point? And so Sadisi's great. I know you're anti-tutor, but I know this is a little slimy of right. a tutor. So you like and, it. And I remember also that there was a time where this was like $4 and me and all the crew at Optiver drink went and bought like five a piece. So they're still floating around on Good there. for you, because now it's eight sixty four. Mm. Bets. <laughs> all right, my next one. <laughs> Is actually a land. Oh, but it's great. I put, I, I put a couple in there. I put a couple in there because I knew you couldn't help yourself. So, yeah. So we're talking about Piranha Marsh. Oh yeah. Uh, it, it enters the battlefield tapped. It taps for a black. When it ETBs, target player loses a life. You know, it's just yep. one of those things to where, hey, I want to cast uh, Rakdos on curve. Piranha Marsh, Drainia play Rakdos because you like you said you got to have those mana rocks in here and you do have a lot of the I think you have all of the Rakdos mana rocks now that I think about it um so <laughs> ideally with the amount of mana rocks you have you'll have one of them out turn one two or three right then turn four Piranha Marsh you lost your life Rakdos is out let's go yeah 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 and I think to your point, I think I kind of realized where I don't like, I think at some point I had like 38 mana or maybe 40 mana in this deck. Cause I was just worried because it's Rakdos, right? And then I realized yeah. all those one drops that just ping for one or sack and burn one for burn someone for one. Like I can replace those with lands, cut my lands down and then have other yeah. utility out there. And again, like the only thing that sucks is like Piranha Marsh gets in that Bajuka bog realm where if you if you have to use it turn one. yeah yeah, or turn, yeah turn one and you're like i either need to mulligan and take a risk or i know i can play this and just have to eat it but again there's other things in here that can do that one damage so again to yeah. your point does does piles of work in here and even taps for right. color yep there you go uh tuck Ooh, you know what you could probably use an amulet of vigor what's your last <laughs> green card i actually have a spare from that there you go <laughs> no how dare you um so okay i've always been a huge stand for this card and literally this was the biggest i made i just changed this in this deck earlier today because i realized i had a spare one lying around uh a lot of people would call it a worse frexian arena and i feel like mostly you're wrong because it's definitely a greasy card but in here i think it goes from greasy to slimy. We are talking about your old pal. Run it back, Mr. Combo. Theater of Horrors! Oh, God. <laughs> Call this blue, uh, black red for an enchantment. It's a rare. Uh, about 26 cents, so really breaking the bank here. At the beginning of your upkeep, exile the top card of your library. During your turn, if an opponent lost life this turn, you may play cards exiled with Theater of Horrors. All well and good, but the big difference here is three colorless uh, and a red. Theater of Horrors deals one damage to target opponent or a Planeswalker. Now, that is an overcosted ability. I will agree with that. It's a little much, right, um, to deal the damage, but sometimes that's all you need, especially later game. And then the tech that I realized with this was if you. So, a car, I feel that a card in your hand is more vulnerable than a card exiled with his enchantment. Why? Because someone could just enchantment remove it. Right. And I would say there, there's more enchantment removal than ca discarding cards. Right. There's some part of that, right? Which I can kind of see. And like, but I do feel like there are people are starting to play more wheel effects, more mass ditch draw sort of things, which kind of counteracts the thing earlier. But I like the fact that. <laughs> 
I, I which we'll get into later. Um, I do like the fact that like this is just another thing to help draw a card, keep it out there, and especially if you hit an Eldrazi or some other big thing, it's just waiting in the wings to be cast later. So again, I do now, Mr. Combo, I know what you're gonna say, and I already had a copy of Phyrexian Arena in this deck. So now this is just another draw spell, baby. Let's go. I guess. Uh, <laughs> if you ever have to pay four to deal one damage to target opponent or planeswalker so you can play Rakdos, you are in a world of hurt. Oh, I agree, but I'm telling you, there's been times <laughs> there's been times before where I'm like, uh like anything, anything at all. Like sack stuff. What how like how do I how do I assemble this Rube Goldberg machine? You're like, you're like can I can I prick my finger for the one point <laughs> yeah, of damage? Yeah. <laughs> can, I I, can I give my own blood? Yeah, exactly. So um I, I, like I said, I just put it in, so we'll see how it goes, but that, there's that. Alright. Well, my last one has probably the funkiest art I've ever seen. The illustrator, his name is just Chippy, which is fantastic. Uh, we're talking about Plague Spitter. Oh, yeah, this one's weird. <laughs> two colorless black creature horror. It's a 2-2. Two -two. That's an uncommon from Onslaught? Yes, sir. Er, no, no, no. That one's Invasion. Invasion. Very close, though. At, at the beginning of your upkeep, Plague Spitter deals one damage to each creature and each player. So it's kind of like a pestilence on a creature yep. to an extent. And when it's put into the graveyard from play, it also deals one damage to each <laughs> creature and each player. So I, I I love this card. It does exactly what you want. It's going to get you that consistent uh, ability to be able to cast Rakdos and have a three cost reduction on your creatures yep. if Rakdos is already on the field. And then secondly, it's kind of a cool little tech thing to where you could actually have this cast this Cast a DC, sack this, it deals a damage to everyone, you tutor what you want, cast Rakdos, and then possibly cheat out yeah, whatever yeah. you need because everyone just lost a life. So it's very, very cool. I really like yeah. it. And I think the thing that your deck is going to suffer from is people that are going very wide. This is a way that you eliminate one one token decks. Uh, it's just yeah. gone. I agree. I, can, I agree wholeheartedly. And this, this and some other effects later, if you if someone's going insane with an elf deck or merfolks or something like that, just playing this on turn three is going to put them back three turns easy off cast. Yep. Yeah. I mean, heck, it even puts off people that use the uh, cheap, just like mana dorks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Like th this could do work in. I mean, there are better cards for the format, so I don't want people to jump down my throat. <laughs> but this this ability does work in CEDH because a lot of people use, you know, instead of lands, they run Birds of Paradise, mm -hmm. Land of War Elves, all that kind of stuff, uh, Avacyn's Pilgrim. Yeah. And this just eliminates their entire right. boards before they can even tap the things for mana. And even even cards Very like cool. the, even cards like the mirrors that some people use as like creature replacement for Armor, they're all 1-1s too, just like you said. Yep. There we go. All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap up the green and ramp section. Now we're going to head over to the board state opponents and hot profile. I will start this off with a planeswalker. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it, baby. <laughs> I think there's only one, isn't there? Nope, there's two. <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> Uh-oh. It has black in its CMC, which they both do. It costs five. Which they both do. <laughs> They're both mythics. And it comes in with three loyalty. Nice. Three, two. It's on me. Oh. I got the I got the other one. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm cutting that other one. Oh, oh how dare you? <laughs> so this is three colorless black black. 
Planeswalker Nixilis. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> Very ridiculous. What'd you Nixilis. name your kid? Nixilis. Nixilis. Uh, it uh, has three abilities. Plus two, each opponent loses one life. You gain life equal to the uh, equal to the life lost this way. I actually think this is a better grain card than a hops card. I, I'm not too sure what the hops thing is about, but I'm assuming it's for its minus two. Put a five five black demon creature token with flying onto the battlefield. You lose two life. I'm assuming it's because you need blockers. It's a great easy way to get a yeah. five five blocker out there. Um, and then the emblem that you'll probably never get. You get an emblem with. Uh, pay a colorless and a black, sack a creature, you gain X life, draw X cards, where X is a sacrifice creature's power. It's basically um, Disciple of Bolas on a stick is a, a, an essence of what that is. So I like the card. Uh, I disagree with it being primarily a hops card. I do think this is a modal card, but I think it's plus two is going to be better for you because that allows you to cash your commander and like you and I were talking about offline, you need ways to kind of right. incrementally gain life. And this is a way that you can do that. Yeah, I, I agree 100% with all that. And I do think that there are times where a lot of this, a lot, especially once people figure this out, a lot of this deck is just buying time. You're just buying time to get yeah. to the next draw, to get to the next combat, to get to the next whatever the case may be. And so Obnixilis both enables the why i put him in the hops is like he both enables your strategy but also can protect your board a little bit because five mana for a five five uh demon being able to do that effectively every other turn does start adding up yeah. both in like thinking about how people attack you and where the threats lie so that's where i well, kind of put it that's like why i put it in hops for me personally so well, it's also kind of like that example you just gave is perfect because it's the same thing that we used to justify Fraley's plus two, make a mana dork, minus two, destroy artifact enchantment. And it's like every other turn, look at it either way. It's either every other turn you're getting a demon or every other turn you are able to either cash your commander or get a three reduction and gain three life. Yeah. And that's just amazing for five mana. Agreed. Um, yeah, he's an all And the interesting thing is I would say that this is probably gonna stick around on the board because I'm going to make the assumption that when people play you in this deck, they're trying to kill you as yeah. quick as possible, not so much like, oh, I'm going to tick down your planeswalker. Yeah, especially especially where it's like, I think people, when they see this, they understand what's going on. I'm going to plus two, yeah. minus two, plus two, minus two, plus two, minus two. Like, great. It's going to be a three through the entire time that's here. Yep. All right, Tuck, what's your first hop? So I am going to talk about the other Planeswalker that I love, and I believe we had this, we probably had this carbon copy discussion in my uh, Angie deck, but I am a, probably, I am a huge fan, I don't care what anyone says, of Angrath the Flame Chain. Three colorless, a black and a red for a mythic. Legendary Planeswalker, Angrath, of which there are two printed, and there will probably only be two printed throughout the entirety course of Magic. Comes in with four loyalty, it's about $7. Plus one, each opponent discards a card and loses two life. Minus three, gain, gain control of target creature until end of turn. Untap it, it gains haste until end of turn. Sacrifice it at the beginning of the next end step if it has converted man cost three or less. Minus eight, each opponent loses life equal to the number of cards in his or her graveyard. So. How is this a hops? Once again, this is a great This is a big discard cards and lose two life? Because it's a six for one when you look at it, right? Because you're getting three cards and losing six life. So sure. it's destroying their hands, right? And again, that's what's going to be hurting me the most. The cards that they have in their hand, whether it's lands, whether it's mana rocks or anything like that. I run very, like the, the hops in here 
is somewhat misleading in my opinion because I don't really run a lot of interaction with this with this deck. I maybe have one board wipe. I maybe have a couple of reanimation spells. I maybe have a couple of other spells to wipe, get rid of things. And that's okay. Yeah. You don't need a massive hop section. Stay true to your modal cards. Angrath and Obnixilis are grains, you dirty son of a bitch. So, the my, and then the minus three, the, I do have some, some sacrifice rhythm rolls in here, right? I do have some on death triggers. So that helps gaining control of it. And sometimes just taking away something that's preventing me from hitting somebody also is huge. Uh, the minus eight would be incredible. I don't think I've ever seen this card get above a five, maybe a six, yeah. <laughs> and then the game's over. Yeah. But again, I know like this, I in reality, now that we're talking about this one, I probably should have put in spice because it's a card that I know can be easily replaced in this deck. But I just have a look at, look at this guy. He's like me at the, he's me with the hammer and chains at the, at the wheel of a ship. Yeah, I think the thing for me is once I, I I think the card's fine. I am cutting it, sure, but I'm not like Big Tuck, ladies and germs. I will actually tell you pros and cons about it uh, instead of just being like, "Oh, well, I'm gonna cut it. I don't want to talk about it no more." <laughs> Suck my tard. Uh, so Suck my the, 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 tard. What's the it? reason I can't I I can't put it into spice because. It's plus one, and it's a plus. If it's a minus that did that effect, I would agree. I think that would be more of probably a spice. Okay, okay. You're not going to get to do it as often. Sure. But since it's a plus, it's always going up. And literally, I mean, this is a mana rock for you. <laughs> yeah, like right. That's six fair. Six reduction yeah, and the three, the three card. But I think, I, I guess if I had to do this, Tuck, pick one ability. Each opponent discards a card, or each opponent loses two life. Which one are you going to pick? Oh, and this and this one, it's lose two life in a heartbeat. There we yeah. go. And that's why I think it's a grain over a hops. I think the hops yeah. effect is just incidental. But if this thing just said plus one, each opponent discards a card. You may, you may run it in your Angie deck, but you you wouldn't run it in this. But the lose two life is massive. Yeah. You literally think of it this way: you paid five to get six. Uh, I will. So, okay. The only thing I'll say, I agree with that. And I think where I still like this is I run a, there are other cards, one of which I'll be cutting later that cost five that also cause my opponents to lose two life. And that's it. Yeah. Right. So for me, the fact, so for me, the fact that they also are losing something else and sure. it's repeatable and I have other options if I have to steal their best creature or whatever. I, I think that that other, the discard and the gain control, that's just the gravy. Uh, yes. But without it, you still have Thanksgiving turkey. Yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah. I, I'd still eat this turkey, but it's a little bit better. Right, it's a little dry, but I'm still gonna put it on a sandwich. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Yeah, that's, that's a fair, that's a completely fair assessment. All right, so my next one, I actually had to change, is me and Tuck, as you could tell, uh, we were conversing before we recorded and I completely disagreed with how he had his hop section. Uh, so he moved one of the cards out that uh, initially he did have in there, thank God. Uh, so I had to pick another one on the scramble. And on the scramble- You're, you're, Pat, you're Pat Mahomes back there. What are you, yeah, you could, you could just do Angrath, because I mean, we both just talked about the pros and cons of it. No, that's a crap card. I'm, I will not put my name on, on garbage. <laughs> Uh, so we're talking about a card that has a very cool effect. Uh, we did an MTG Action 4 News, gosh, it seems like maybe two, three months ago, where we talked about mechanics that we hope to see in 2021. Oh. And Morbid was one of the mechanics that I was like, I'd really like to see this come back and possibly the uh, Dungeons and Dragons, or no, sorry, the Innistrad Werewolves Vampires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Tragic Slip, I think is criminally underplayed. For a single black, it's an instant. 
target creature gets minus one minus one until end of turn but it has morbid that creature gets negative 13 13 until end of turn instead if a creature died this turn Linger on death's doors <sighs> and risk being invited in. It's good. So yeah, it's really good. Uh, I, I really like this because, and 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 you 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 could disagree with me, but I think it's right there. If swords to plowshare and path to exile are number one for one mana target removal spells, I think tragic slip is one A. Because yeah. the negative thirteen, negative thirteen can also get rid of indestructible. Yeah. That is humongous. And, and Tucky talked about earlier, there's more wheel effects. I think there's more sacrifice stuff going on now. Like what we talked about earlier in the week with day two and his Slurk Tevish Zot deck. It's like, oh yeah. Oh, you just sacked a creature because you're doing your little rigmarole. Well, how about a black and I'll just negative 13 yeah. the thing that's enabling you to do this. Yeah, I agree. And like, I've had a really interesting experience with Tragic Slip where I used to run it in every deck. And then as things sure. kind of got slower, I kind of took it out. But I think, but I think to your point, now that we are seeing a lot more sacrifice, like I mean, there's what's that new god where it's like whenever something's sacrificed or destroyed, they gain control of it. That deck's gonna be like the god of oh, yeah. that deck. That card's gonna be everywhere. It's gonna be like yeah. the Kardashians of Magic. Just you can't get away from them. Oh god. Um, but I think I think especially to to your point, I agree. Where if you are running the right deck, this is just as good in black, right? And in this deck, mm -hmm. getting in the red zone, having board wipes, having stuff like the Plague Spitter that de that's gonna be dealing damage over and over and over sure. again, there's gonna be a lot of death. And having something that's just non-conditional, wipe something out, I mean, it gets Eldrazi's Dark Steel Colossus, Colossus I, if you will. Just, yeah, just an all-star card in this deck. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think, Tuck, is there a single creature on its own that's more than 13 toughness? And 13, or sorry, there is for toughness, but 13 power, the, I guess yeah. I should say. The only one I can, that comes to mind is Draco, which is 16, but people only run that in Eureka as a meme card, so that's not a real, that's, that's not a real, that's not a real litmus test. <laughs> Yeah, because I was about to say, because there is that 017 crab. Oh, yeah. Uh, section like a crab. Oh, you think you, think you got me, huh? With, with tragic slip? Well, I'm going to section like a crab. <laughs> All right, Tuck. What is your next hops that I'm going to disagree? That's a hops. This one you, I think you're on board with. Well, actually, I don't think you are. This is another mobile one. The problem is I'm getting, I, I'm getting real sloppy with my mobile cards. But I, we have both kind of agreed that this card's kind of a pile of trash in most decks. And I think we are right mostly, but I, in this deck, I can confirm that it works. I'm cutting it. I'm you're cutting, cutting this it. I already know what you're talking about. We're talking about Grave of Evil. Oh, oh, never mind. What? Never mind. I thought you were talking about the, the Primordial. Oh, <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that later. I have, I have. No, I actually, I like, I like Grave Upheaval. I have turned, I have turned a new page on that, on that one, dude. We'll talk about that later. You're gonna be really excited. Um, so great. All right. So Grave Upheaval is four colorless. Uh, it's a, a, a black and a red. It's a sorcery. It's an uncommon, about eighty two cents. Put target creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. It gains haste. Basic land cycling two, two. Discard this card. Search the library for a basic land card. Reveal. Put it into your hand. Shuffle your library. So I think that. A lot of Rakdos decks run this because it has a very high, they if they feel like it has a very high ceiling, right? Any creature for mm -hmm. six and then you cycle it. But I think to your point that we were going to talk about in the cutting section, it's becoming more and more apparent that your graveyard, if you're running a deck that wants this, is going to be the primary target. 
and the one that you can make it co- yep. most consistently, right? Uh, Rakdos, people are going to die. Rakdos is going to die. Emrakul's going to die. Uh, spoiler alert, you know, like uh, like this deck, unless people, uh, people, it pretty much goes one or two ways, where it's like, you come out screaming, everyone loses. You come out screezing, screaming, then rebuild. Or you come out screaming or mid-range, and then you're just slogging through. So you're going to have so many things dying that it's good just to have something where it's like, you know what? I have this monster grip in the opener. I just need one more land. I can cycle it away, turn two or turn one if you get lucky with a soul ring or whatever. Or later you open it and you're like, okay, I think I can see how this game is going to go. And I know for six mana late game, one of these spells I can cast in my graveyard is going to completely alter the reality of the game we're playing. So I, I, yeah, I'm not, I'm lukewarm on the card generally, but I think in this deck, in my experience of it, it's been a backbreaking game winning card at six. So I do think whenever you run these uh, pull from a graveyard effect, you need to make sure that your stuff has value to pull out. Yes, agree. I completely but agree. I am white hot on this card because of the basic land cycling yep. and the fact that it's in a graveyard. I mean, you're playing a very go tall deck, right? Which means that people are going to be shoving creatures or big creatures in front of your stuff to try to kill them, so they also don't die. Right, right, right. And so I think you're going to have a lot of opportunity to get very, very powerful creatures from your opponents. Just you know that kind of late game action. Yeah. You know, turn 11, 12, 13. You know what? Let me grave upheaval and uh, duff. You got like thirty creatures in your graveyard. Let me take yeah, a look let's at take that. Let's take a peek. See, yeah. Let, let's see what's valuable in there. Um, and you could probably find something really, really, really powerful and strong. Uh, or hell, if you were playing against my Joda deck, oh. you're gonna have piles of choices. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. So I, I, this is better than the Primordial, which I also yeah, I'm in. gonna cut uh, to because but. of the fact you get the flexibility to either pick your graveyard or anyone's. Graveyard. If someone, if someone came out screaming earlier and then they get board wiped, yep. then and I'm like, I'm on turn six and still haven't cast Rakdos, but I'm still in this game, right? Yeah, totally agree. All right, my last hops. You know I had to do it. I'm talking about it. You're gonna be angry. Oh, <laughs> I don't even. I don't have to pretend. <laughs> the Delkin Ori in a deck that yeah. it actually belongs in because it doesn't run blue. If you can imagine the that. Delkin Ori. Oh, it's really. So, it's real good. <laughs> it's it's real filthy in here, and we're gonna kind of get to why. Yeah. So four colorless artifact. You may play non-land cards as though they had flash. It is thirty dollars. Uh, I wish I could do a Josh Lee Kwai voice, but I don't know how to. Oh uh, no! It sounds like it sounds like this. It's like. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> uh, the model incorporated the fifth sun effortlessly, as if it had always known. So the reason I actually like it in this deck is uh, your commander doesn't state on your turn, which is humongous. And people are gonna swing. People have to attack. People are, you gotta make people lose life. You know, you could be in a pod, like even uh, a couple nights ago when we were on Bever's stream and, you know, Sir Brian swings in for that massive amount of damage with like double strike and all of that. You could be like, oh, he just killed Mr. Combo. Mr. Combo, how much life did you just lose? 28. (laughs) Let me pay two red, two black cast my commander, and then if you got a grip full of colorless, Mm -hmm. play it all for free. And there's nothing they can do to stop you. 
Yeah, I agree. So normally I am not a a Vildalkin Ori stan, um, mostly because I watch adult programming when it comes to uh, people playing magic on the interwebs. Um, but this was one, I think I actually, I think Scooty Shuffles, good friend of mine, uh, friend of the show, here we go. Uh, he cracked piles of conspiracy and didn't like it, and he just gave me a box of cards of conspiracy stuff. And I'm pretty sure this was. Wow. I'm pretty sure this was in there. Oh, so you're saying you've never paid for a Vilekenori? Uh Chris Cook, if you're listening, if you're if you're listening to the podcast, please turn it off. No, uh, this was given to me, and then I borrowed it from my old boss, and he never asked for it back. <laughs> and 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 and, oh, that- and it was and it was a foil fifth dawn printing. Oh, I was about to say, isn't that the uh, boss that just gave you piles of money to build him a deck? Uh, he didn't give he didn't give me piles of money. He just gave me piles of old cards. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, I love the card. Yeah. Um, obviously, Vidalkanori has lots of use, but I think in this deck because it doesn't stay during your turn on Rakdos, you could do some tricksy things with it. Because I mean, you may have propagandas in front of you, or I don't have a profitable way yeah. to get through the red zone right now to be able to maximize what I have in my hand. You can kind of do what we talked about earlier in the week, the art of the deville, and encourage other people to go attack each other, reduce the life totals down, and whammo, yeah. let me just dump my hand. Okay, totally agree. Tuck. Last card. All right, speak. This is this is a contested one, but we're ready to crack that whip because we were talking about our old pal whipping her post. I still this is not. I still stand card. by a hops card. So whip, it's not a hops whip, card. Whip, whip post, two colors, two black for legendary. Damn it! Chan- I, I didn't even put this before we had the conversation, um, and I was like, did I put that on there? And I forgot. Legendary enchantment artifact. It's a rare from original Theros. Creatures you control have life wink. Two colorless, two black. Tap, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. It gains haste. Exile at the beginning of the next end step. It would lead the battlefield. Exile instead of putting it anywhere else. Activate this ability only time you can cast a sorcery. So, my the way you brought this up yourself, you brought it up yourself, the way that people interact with this deck is by smashing me in and or around the face. Um, and sometimes in the mouth. So, well, that's only because you ask for it. Totally right. It's totally consensual, and we're there. Um, but the way that I interact back is by staying alive. And to wit, this is the only card I have in the entirety of deck that gives my creatures lifelink. And that has been so critical in the way that not only that the board interacts with me and my life totals, but also the way that I can interact back. It makes me live longer, makes me um, like a weird threat where it's like, well, he's just gonna get the light back, so why swing in for five? Which is a conversation we've had on this very show not too long ago. The second part of it, and I will admit that this is kind of a modal card, and I'm starting to think that these modal cards still fit here, because the second ability of returning a creature back can also be a hop, because I can go get a back-breaking creature to bring out for that turn to either swing in for the win, to either be able to tutor up what else I'm looking for, to be well, able that's to, interesting. to that kind of to, sounds like a to, that sounds like a yeast. to be able to react to the board right but this card doesn't this card doesn't win me the game on the spot nor does it really catapult me forward and to me that's what that's why i think it's a hot so uh does your life total go up or down when this card's on the battlefield 
usually <laughs> neutral until people figure out that they're fighting a losing battle and then it starts slowly creeping up. Okay, so so that does sound like you do gain ground uh, and don't lose ground. So that, that sounds like a green. Um, and then the last ability has to do with the sorcery speeds. You can't even do tricksy blocks. Can't really interact with your opponents that way on combat. Uh, and then you even just said literally verbatim, oh, well, you know, late game, you know, I could I could do it and go get a, a back-breaking creature to possibly, you know, get in for the win or kill someone. Huh, that sounds like a yeast. None of that sounds like a hops, you dirty That's why it's in the middle, because it interacts and deals with the board and the state of the game. <laughs> 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 okay question yes would you put oh uh, squee help me out here you run this one left right and center that white card that whenever creatures enter the battlefield you gain a life uh oh, uh sutor priest oh i mean maybe i was thinking it was like a gal oh yeah, yeah soul, the... soul warden soul, yeah, soul warden. warden you're right soul warden yep okay soul warden would that be a grain or a hops tuck I think it depends on the deck that you're running it in. I don't. If you're gaining, that's like saying like, oh, if you draw cards, well, it's technically a hops because you know the more cards you have in hand, the more you it can. Could, it could be. Opponent. It's all subjective. <laughs> not all. Not all decks and colors are made the same way. Abilities are card draw, ramp, lifelink. That's all advancing your board. Oh, I'm so frustrated. <laughs> I almost want to cut this card at a spot. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't. <laughs> Oh, we're moving on from the hops, guys. Yeah. I'm this close. Let's get to winning the game in yeast, which is, you know, in theory, where Whipper Erebos could live. Uh, so, Tuck, why don't you start us off, though? What is your first game-winning um, card? So, there's a card we talked about last week where it's it's like a dragon that you you played and then bring your commander out, and it's kind of like acts as a second copy of your commander. So, in the right, in the right frame of mind, this uh, orc pirate, question mark, Wizard, also triple question mark, does kind of the uh, same approximation. So our old pal on three, two, one, Dire Fleet Ravager. Dire Fleet three. three colorless black black creature or pirate wizard mythic. It's a mythic. Um, menace touch or <laughs> menace touch. You gotta <laughs> menace you gotta touch. touch you. Like the Midas touch. Uh, menace death touch. When Dire Fleet Ravager enters the battlefield, each player loses a third of his or her life rounded up. His fists fume with the decay of death. Each strike be a plague on the hearts of his enemies. Yeah, like as soon as this got spoiled, I was like, I don't know what this costs, but I need one because <laughs> this is an all-star <laughs> in the stack. Uh, I, I like the fact that it's, if you can get this down early, I mean, there's just so many ways to cut it, right? You play Rakdos, sure. you play Rakdos, you play Rakdos, you have a couple of mana left over. If you played Rakdos, you can probably play this, immediately have everyone's life total, or third rather. Um, the fact that it's Menace, a 4-4, and Death Touch makes it a great blocker because we haven't really talked about it, but sometimes after Rakdos is dead, you need these evasive creatures just to get in damage to cast them again, right? Especially when they're yeah. doing it in this thing. Um, it's just, it, this card is just like backbreaking. Um, I, I've cast it every single time. Every single time I've been able to do it, I've tutored for it with Sadisi, as made mentioned earlier. Every single time, it's just been like, there you go, <laughs> sixty life points. Yeah, it's it's absolutely fantastic. Um, now, granted, you know it does hit you as well, just like a, another sure. card that I kind of mentioned in the intro, which uh, you know that does kind of suck. But I think it's 
plus is so so high um it's it's just so good yeah and and for five it's kind of like the example i gave um oh what was that card of course i'm drawing a blank on it now but you know we'll just use the the angrath for example yeah. you know the six life reduction you could cast something massive or like the Veldukan ori where someone else does the damage yeah, for you. yeah. you cast something massive you play this for five, even if you don't have your commander out there, you're probably gonna be able to pay for your commander and be able to plop out some free stuff. Yep. And it's gonna be real good. Yeah, it's it's absolutely bonkers. So this has been one of the more, this has probably been one of the more recent additions and it just does work. All right, so my second game winning card is a legendary creature, <gasps> has X in its CMC. And I think it's actually really, really cool. So we're talking about MAGA Traitor to Mortals. Uh, nope, not Make America Great Again, just <laughs> MAGA Traitor to Mortals. So this is X Triple Black, Legendary Creature, Human Wizard, zero, zero. But hey, it comes into play with X plus one plus one counters on it. And then when MAGA comes into play, target player loses life equal to the number of <laughs> plus one, plus one counters on it. So basically I kind of equate this to like a targeted plus one, plus one counter version of Gary or Gray Merchant mm -hmm. of Asphodel. Something with devotion, hey, I'm putting the counters on it. And the thing I like about this, I really enjoy cards that when you put your mana investment into it, you kind of almost immediately get it back. Right. To where you, you could do this one of two ways, either A, you could use the 26 life that maybe someone lost that turn for 26 counters on this, drain someone for 26, which is just filthy. But the other way you could also do it is, well, you know, I got Rakdos. I don't really have a profitable way to get in at the moment. I maybe need to cast something to get a cast <laughs> trigger, but I don't have enough mana for that. Let me just go ahead, pay the three black. I'm gonna put five or six into this get it out drain someone for six now i got a six reduction let me yeah. get out a couple spells that i can kind of deal with the board state i think it gives you lots of flexibility and i know why it's in yeast but i actually think this is a modal card to where it could be a good hops card to where you know what i just need to get a little bit i need to get a taste, <laughs> taste. So that way i could try to get a couple of my big boys on the table. Yeah, um, and the reason why this I put this in you specifically is because like I don't think I've cast this for less than X is 20 anytime I've ever cast it. Wow. <laughs> I mean, just like, because eventually like you run out of mana reductions through, like you can only cast so many Eldrazi's, right? So at some sure. point when you're swinging in with death touches and tramples and flyings, you're like, all right, now what? And I think this is the ideal card for that where you can just be like, I can just kill someone. And especially if you're playing with some of these other cards in the East where the life totals are already lower arbitrarily, it makes it even that much easier. Is this a pretty common target for your Sadisi tutor? Yeah, usually. Like when we get it, especially if okay. like, it, yeah. Most of the creatures I'm playing and most of the abilities I have have like some sort of evasion or some sort of like brutal attacking rigmaroles. So yeah, it's easy to be like, I know I'm gonna to DC two to this next turn, be able to cast X for 20, have a 2020 blocker or attacker, and also just bang someone in the face for half their life. Fair enough. Yeah. All right, Tuck, what is your next? Well, um, I thought that I was uh, a little more even on these multicolor cards, but this human A is 
absurdly expensive, and B, absurdly mean. <laughs> so we are talking about a hurled pal, Karabek the Merciless. Five color, uh, black and red for a 5-4 legendary creature, human shaman. Whenever an opponent casts a spell, casts a spell, when they cast a spell, Karabek the Merciless deals damage. They deal damage to target creature or player equal to target. Oh, I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. Errated to any target equal to that spell's converted mana cost. Rots and jackals feast in his mouth in his swath. But even they will not walk around with that with him. So this card Were you trying to do like a Christopher? I don't know. I, it's from Margara and he's from Mirage. And I was like, I like I had this idea in my mind, and then I was like, that's probably not PC, so I should probably back that out. <laughs> and then I was panicked. Um so this card is absurd for seven. One oh and this card is even yeah. better when it's two on turn five. <laughs> it just shuts the game down. That's so it's, nasty. Dude, it's brutal. And um with like like you said, if you have your Volduck and Ori's of the world and you're able to do stuff on other people's turns, that's where it just comes over. It, I think even then, even even as backbreaking as as it is, this is now people see this right, and they I think some people they it how can I phrase this? As we've talked about before on the cast, you only get damage done. You only will take damage from this card to how greedy you want to get right. Sure. Or how much you want to play the game or whatever, right? So there have been times before where not only did Karavek deal a lot of damage, he also ate a uh, Counterspell or a Path to Exile or whatever it is, right? Uh, a Scour yeah. to Nothingness or Existence or whatever. And then the real threats come out that are repeatable over and over and over again. Just just a bonkers card. And I think I got this when I got this deck for maybe a dollar. <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's not right? disgusting. Uh, yeah, I actually played against a EDH deck when I used to live in Memphis that was headed by Karavek the Merciless. Oh no, oh and no. I was like seven, <laughs> that just, that seems too expensive. That doesn't seem good. He got it out real quick and it was real good. Uh, <laughs> long, long story, long, yeah. long story longer. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, and I, and I think, I think that's the cool thing about Rakdos, similar to Kalia. I'm not saying Caravec the Merciless is draft fodder or fodder in general, yeah. but it's real expensive for what it does. And Rakdos and Kalia <coughs> make creatures playable that would otherwise be unplayable. And I guess you could say the same thing about Animar. Because when you get up, we talk about it, when you get up 7, 8, 9, 10 mana, you better damn well be winning the game or playing such a devastating card that you've won in a turn or two. Yeah. This will just piss people off right. and make them burn their removal spells most likely. Uh, but the fact that, you, like you said, you can get it out for two most of the time, that's where it becomes, oh my gosh, two mana with that ability and it's a 5-4, sign me up left, right, and center. Yeah. I'll give my left nut for that. All day, baby. All day. All right. My last one, and I find it hilarious that you have this card in your deck. Because I believe when I play this card, you call me a coward, A. B, you call me a scumbag. And C, you say it's an extremely greasy card. <laughs> this card does not like spells with even converted mana cost. So we're talking about Void Winnower. You scumbag, you, for making me feel bad. <laughs> you don't make me feel bad, but you try to make me feel bad every time I play. All right, so real so real talk, um, I had this written down where 
I was going to go with this one or a different one, depending on what you did, but I want to go with this one. So, yeah, this is also mine. <laughs> Nine colorless creature Eldrazi <laughs> mythic. Uh, why don't you read the text and I will go ahead and do the flavor. Love text it. For um, and this is a new voice we got right down for old pal Ob Nixlux. Okay, Void Winner says your opponents can't cast spells with even converted mana costs. Your opponents can't block with creatures with even with even converted mana costs. On both of them, zero is even. Have you ever seen a world fall to its knees? Watch and learn. Obnixilis. It's kind of. I was trying to go for like a. I was trying to do like a Pedro Pascal yeah. Game of Thrones type of thing, like kind of breathy. Talk very yeah, it's real soft. Yeah. Very sens very sensual. Very sensual. Uh, so yeah, you're a scumbag. And you you <laughs> stoop. You scumbag. That is now your name. It's not Big Tuck. It's scumbag. How do you have this in here? Would you legitimately go off on me when I played in decks? This is this would be well, like well, if we did a deck tech of yours, uh, a Rusen builds, and you had Vorinclex in there, and I was just like, "The fuck, bro!" Hey, what the uh, hell? Want to want to know what the record is for me getting this out in five, four? four. <laughs> do you feel good about yourself when you do? It? <laughs> no, I feel I terrible. From, I can tell from that smile. I think you do. I think you do. Well, oh, yeah, you absolutely. Well, do. Well, here's the thing: is when I cast this card on turn four, the game is over. Yeah, there's nothing. That's what there's, you there's, like. there's, you no, like there's no discussions. No, it's just done, and we move on to the next one. Um, I look. <sighs> I scumbag. It's so good. It's so good. Um, how about this? When you draw this card, it say you top deck it. Do you chuckle a little bit? No, I just look you at just this go? and just be like, God damn. I literally, I literally just look down and just go like, oh, God damn it. It's like, can I get this out this so turn? Yeah. Cut it from the deck. Get it out. <sighs> go go sell it. If it was a seven, I actually have a spare one now for my Emerald <laughs> deck, so God knows what that's got to be. Oh, enough. so you have multiple of them. Okay. <laughs> you need, okay, look. ran in multiple decks, yeah. Look at this. Emerald? Monocolor needs all the help it can get. So I can respect this card being in that. Um, this one, I, I just look at it and I'm like, I never tuned for this. And if it was like a 5-4, I would cut it immediately. If it was a 5-4 for 6, I wouldn't even run it. But the fact that it has the gall to be an 11 power creature, two power away from tragic slip damage. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I got. I really got, I guess I don't really have much defense on this one. You're such a bad, bad person. I'm the bad. I'm, that, we're I'm gonna, the bad guy. Oh. Duh. We're gonna wrap up the yeast and uh, how to win the game, guys. And head over to the spice, and I will start this off. You only had five. And I believe the goad says that this card is the friendliest oh. <laughs> card. Which I think I'm so glad you have it in this deck because it proves that this is not a friendly card. It's a dick card. It's an asshole. <laughs> this is also this is also sort this is also like in a roundabout way your own doing, by the way, <laughs> which I'll get to. So we're talking about Immercruel, the promised end. So this costs 13. Legendary creature Eldrazi. Oof. It's a mythic. It costs one less to cast for each card type among cards in your graveyards. It might as well be blank in this deck because you're probably casting it for like two or three. Oh, at most. Uh, just off your commander's ability. 
When you cast Embercruel, gain control of target opponent during that player's next turn. After that turn, that player takes an extra turn. It has flying, trample protection from instants. An enigma, as vexing as life itself. So, I like this card a lot because it is... I think in any Rakdos deck, if you're trying to be optimized, having the colorless Eldrazi... That all, just, the, all, the, all the Titans, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I do like it, though, because... I'm seeing more and more games where people have stuff on their board, and this sounds like really dumb, but they have stuff that interacts with their own things. Sack outlets, based to pay life to top this to do that. Yeah. yeah, there's so much going on that, yes, you can't kill someone. Uh, I know that that's not allowed when you take over mm. their turn. You can't pay life to yeah, kill them. Yeah, you can't sacrifice them. But you know what you can do? You could, you could sacrifice their entire board. Yeah. You could pay all the life you want down to one. And then, sure, you get your extra turn and you have nothing to work yeah. with. So that's the thing I like about this because your deck is going to struggle against control decks mm -hmm. and pillow fort mm -hmm. decks a lot. Yes. And uh, Emmercruel is a very cool way to kind of take those players and do what you need to do with it. Um, yeah. and you'll be able to set yourself up for success. So and, and, big yeah. fan. Um, I'm interested why it's in spice though, and not hot. I don't, I just don't have, I, so the reason why I have this is because you gave me the, you gave me, uh, one of these for Christmas, like the altars. And then I took that deck apart. Oh, so I had a leftover one. And I was like, gotcha. I think that card's kind of expensive in proxy or otherwise. And I already have a real copy in another deck. Um, so I think yeah. I think I so I don't I don't have any reps in this. This is why I would kind of put it in spice. And even though all these things are being said, I still like there's still something in me that like giving I've played this card before and it's not backfired, but it hasn't got me the value that I wanted. Right. I was like, I pretty much just time walk someone. They don't get to play land. Right. But you probably paid back then like nine and, mana right. for it. Unlike this deck where it might even be. Free. And that's and that I think that's why I it could be a yeast, it could be a hops, it could be a lot of different things in this deck, because it's like if I can get this out, if there's some magic Christmas land, right, where I have pestilence or something and I get Rakdos out and then the turn after can cast this, there's gonna be no answer for the rest of the game short of a board wipe that's gonna be able to handle yeah. a thirteen thirteen with flying trample and protection from instance. So that tragic slip candidate. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we're, when you were talking about that, I didn't want to bury the lead. So yeah, I just don't have the reason why I put it in spice is because I just don't have the reps. I don't have the reps with this card, and I don't know if it's I don't know if it's really going to be a backfire or as as uh, impactful as we we hope it is. Well, there we go, uh, Tuck. What is your spice? You only got four. And this letters. is the exact same thing with this. So I love this card. I just, it came out and I got really excited and I just could not think of what Rakdos deck to put it in. So Chainer Nightmare Adept, I feel like has a, could have a home in this, but I don't know because I haven't seen it. So two colorless, a black yeah. and a red for th uh, three, two legendary creature, human minion. I believe that's a mythic. 77 cents for the foil, so there you go. So discard a card, you may cast a creature card from your graveyard this turn, activate this ability only once each turn. Whenever a non-token creature enters a battlefield under your control, if you didn't cast it from your hand, it gains haste until your next turn. So my kind of, I, I, it's, it's kind of like, it's pretty, it's pretty like sweaty, I would wager to guess, right? But the thing I like about this is that you did make mention that this is a go tall, a go tall deck, right? And even if a creature card's in my graveyard, it's still gonna feel the sting of the Rakdos discount. 
So for me, this is yeah. less of like a, and this is why it's in spice because it's not really like a yeast. It's not really like a a grain or a hop. It's kind of like a hail mary, right? I'm not gonna play this card yeah. until it's late game because it's just gonna come down. And it's gonna get board wiped or like you know get fought and killed or something like that. Then I'm out of luck. But I feel like in the late game when I don't have much of a hand, this at least gives me something that I can do each turn on my turn to get a giant creature back that's going to immediately swing into the red zone. I have not. Yeah, I, I haven't. And I do have. I was going to talk about like living death, reanimate these sort of things. So I don't. I just don't have. The reason why I put this in spice is like I did also just don't have the reps with this. I don't think I've ever seen this in the deck. So so I do agree that it's a spice card, but mainly because, like we talked about earlier, Rakdos isn't known for drawing cards. Yeah. So I don't know if discarding cards to then get something, or are you even going to yeah, add right, cards to discard right. at that point? So um, that's where I don't think it really fits. Plus, the secondary ability is really only going to work for your commander. Nine times out of ten. Oh, sure. Sorry, 99 times out of 100. Because your deck is play from your hand. Even if you do play it for right. free, it's play from your hand. So I actually was cutting this, but as we were going through this episode, I noticed that you had a different card in here in your hop section that I was already adding in replacement of Chainer, oh. and this card is just a better version of this enchantment. So it's staying in for now, but honestly, it's on, it's I would actually say... I would actually cut Chainer for Archfiend of Despair. I actually think that's better for this deck than Chainer is. Um, but, you know, Archfiend of Despair is the one at the beginning of each Yeah, yeah, step, the sack two. Loses life equal to the, the, oh, yeah, yeah. No, uh, loses life equal to the life yeah. that player lost this turn and your opponents can't gain life. I actually think that'd be way better than uh, that. Yeah. But hey, we don't get four cuts. We only get well, one. And, and again, like, I well, I just don't have, like, I feel I feel like this card could be really good. I just don't know, right? It could be, it could be a complete yeah. stinker. It could be a game swinger. I just do not have the reps on it yet. Well, that's going to wrap up the spice package. Now we're going to head over to the bottle capping. And as a reminder, these are going to be big Texanized cuts and adds to the deck that are going to be under $5, under 50 bucks, and a no budget recommendation. We just can't talk about mana only lands. So I'm going to start this off with my under $5. And I already alluded to it. I'm cutting Aingrath, the flame. Boo. Uh, I, I do think it's a good card for the loss of life, but Tuck. What's your favorite mechanic in all of magic? Uh, modal? Oh, no, the monarch? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, I thought about this. I think, are you doing both of them or just one? Just the nice. one. So I'm doing the black one. Oh, okay. Uh, Chord of Ambition. Two colorless black black enchantment. When it enters the battlefield, you become the monarch. You need the card draw. Yeah. Uh, that's something your deck does 100%. Need. And this is just... It is a little situational, but each opponent, at the beginning of your upkeep, each opponent loses three life unless they discard a card. If you're the monarch, instead each opponent loses six life unless they discard two cards. So I think this does three different things for you. And this would be a modal card that I would actually put probably in hops, because I think you're gonna get those effects more often. Drawing a card yeah. is obviously great. Yep. Um, you know, you're going to have some big tall boys. Now, granted, we talked about it. Go wide decks are going to hurt you and there's nothing you could do about that. But introducing the monarch mechanic, I think shifts the vision away from your board into whoever has the monarch. Right, right, right. Because now it's like, well, I want, I want to draw a card. Which is why it's, my, do which why it's my favorite mechanic of all time. There you go. And then either the each opponent loses three life or six life feeds right into Rakdos. 
and that is massive massive um life loss and mana reduction yep it's going to be harder to get rid of because yes there is enchantment removal and planeswalker removal but planeswalkers can also be attacked yeah enchantments can't be attacked but i think more often than not you're gonna get the discard a card piece which you've talked about you need them to have less cards in hand right, right, right. and so i think with this it's gonna stick around longer you're going to probably get the discard a card or discard two cards more often than not but it happening during your upkeep is actually really really good mm -hmm. because what if people have been holding up removal spells counter spells hey uh goad you got four cards in hand discard half of yep. them because i'm the monarch yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like oh i just saw terminate and murder go looks like because people aren't just going to hold up interaction because of you they still need to keep yeah. stuff to advance their board state so i think this is going to do a lot for you it does lower your cmc by one and i think it's going to stick around longer than the ingrath i saw so are, are you doing both courts or just this one just okay, cool. So I, I like when I was researching it, I did see that both this and the Court of Ire were added in, which is the you get the Monarch and then it deals two or seven damage to any target, which is pretty good removal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it's really. I feel that I, you know, in the cold light of day, I do kind of agree with you where I think I want Angrath to do things more than I think I want it to do more than it does. And to your point, I feel like this Court of Ambition is going to do what it wants over and over and over again sooner. Yep. And how can I resist a monarch? I can't. I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it. There you go. <laughs> All right, Tuck. What are you going to cut? What are you going to add for under five bucks? So I am going to cut out a card, which I think reads really good, but it's just not ever, especially in this deck, it's just never done it for me. So I'm going to cut um, Palace Siege. So it's three colors, three colors, two black for an enchantment. As Palace Siege enters the battlefield, choose cons or dragons. Cons at the beginning of your upkeep, return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. And dragons at the beginning of your upkeep, each opponent loses two life and you gain two life. This, there are, I don't know. That's, that's there are, good. I, the dragons one. I agree, but like there's this, I've had this in this deck and it just always underperforms for me. Right, like, and it's. Yeah. I mean, five is a lot, that, and that's kind of the issue. That's that's part of the issue for me, where it's like it's just two life. There's no way to make it more. There's no way to make it less. You only yeah. gain two life no matter what, and it's just like the return the graveyard, the return to your creature card from your graveyard to your hand is fine, but I would much rather have a card like Living Death that I have in here, where it comes to battlefield, right? So both modes of this card, I think, kind of do okay but it's just like it's it's always just kind of underperformed for me i've always wanted it to be a little better um so another thing i noticed in this card is, or sorry in this deck is i only run like i run less than like 30 creatures right less than 25 i think yeah and i think i'm i think i'm trying i think i'm um intentionally making the deck more fragile than it needs to be by doing so so there's certain cards that I really wanted that were too expensive, but now I've dropped out because they rotate out standard. And one of them that I really like is Spawn of Mayhem. So two colorless, hmm. two black for a creature demon and a spectacle, one colorless, two black. I mean, cast a spell for a spectacle cost rather than its mana cost of an opponent lost life this turn. It's Flying Trample, 4-4. Four, four. At the beginning of my upkeep, Spawn of Mayhem deals one damage to each player. Then if you have 10 or less life, put a 1-1 counter on Spawn of Mayhem. That's slimy, man. Or should I say sweaty? <laughs> you think it's sweaty? So I like it because... That 
I like it so much because it does the thing of dealing one damage to each player that everyone wants, right? Especially if I'm going to be playing cards like Piranha Marsh or something. I got, I'm going to be able to cheat this off for three. It's a 4-4 four, four beater that's flying and trample, so it's going to eat through drakes. It's going to eat through birds, all that sort of things. And it's just another creature on the battlefield to block with. A lot of times, like you talked about, I'm just getting hammered down by two twos, by one ones, just because I'm waiting to get the right cards in hand to be able to get yeah. out my bigger stuff. And having something that can come down, be effective, play towards the end of the game, and also swing in, to me, is way better than Palace Siege. Turn over, turn over, turn. Yeah, so... You've already played with Palace Siege, so you already know it's, it's bottoms. For sure, yeah. Uh, I think if you were going to... The, the issue I have with it is basically a quarter of the card might as well be blank. The And then if you have 10 or less life, oh, sure. plus one, plus one counter on Spawn of Mayhem. It's just that's basically worthless. And so you're basically paying four for a four, four flying trample that deals the damage to each player at the beginning of your right. upkeep. And I don't know if that's good enough to have in the deck, considering you've played this deck enough and Tuck, I bet you could probably count on one hand the amount of times the deck went real slow. I think it, I bet you you have your life loss, you have your rigmarole going, you're you're able to progress your game state. Now you might not be able to plop down void winner on turn four, <laughs> yeah. but you're still plopping down good stuff in four, five, and six. It's hard, right? And I think like I alluded to at the beginning of the episode, when I first built this, it was definitely much more glass cannony of playing these low drop creatures that were just one ones that were pingers, yeah. right? And to me, I think that this deck, if I can just take if I can put in cards that help me take a deep breath and be like, you don't I don't need to run out all at once in turn five. Sure. Right? I don't need these low, low pingers and I don't need to have all this stuff going on. I think Spawn of Mayhem for me is like something is a reminder that this can be kind of a tempo deck. Doesn't need to be screaming, but I still have a beater that can that can defend me, that can dish out some damage, plop down when Maractos comes in, those sort of things. So I mean like because also so the turn after this, let's say I play this turn three or turn four, the next turn trigger play racto so i'm already at minus three i swing into someone that doesn't get flyers now i'm down to minus uh seven for my next card with just casting rakdos on that turn yeah i mean it's i, I don't know i'm just i'm not i'm not hot on it it's fine sure. this definitely is not a sexy ad no no, sure. no 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 i got uh, the spawn of mayhem is not showing up in a g-string in a lacy bra <laughs> Backs. It's showing up in <laughs> it's right. showing up in like a peasant's outfit where you have to spend you have to spend eighteen Yankees. minutes just unbuttoning them, and then you realize that it hasn't watched its privates uh, except for the river two two weeks ago. Oh my god! All right, for under fifty, I'm actually going to cut Warstorm Surge. Yeah, we are uh, five color. Dude, are we doing this? I think we probably are. It's so easy. It's or, or, yeah. It's got. Are, are we it's got. It's got to be. It has to be. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, it deals damage equal to its power to any target. All right, here we go. Listen to the roar! Feel the thunder! The immersed storm shouts its approval with every bolt of lightning! It's like thunder! Boo! Lightning! Boo! The way you love me is frightening! You better walk! Walk! On out of this deck! Oh my god. And obviously, I mean, yeah. the, the reason we're cutting just, it is that's, that's just that's, a Let's be honest here. Like, we all know, we all know what's happening. All right. Three, two, Terror one. of the Peaks. Terror this is just peaks. complete, like, 
you you can yeah okay um <laughs> it's just so funny where it's like it's so funny when you just realize like as soon as i opened this deck up again i saw warstorm surges here i didn't even i like it wasn't even a thought like my brain didn't even fire i was like yep yeah, all right uh terror of the peaks is three colorless red red creature dragon um it's a five four flying spells your opponents cast that that target terror of the peaks cost initial three life I guess even better because that's another reduction in this deck, right? If they want to source the plowshare, it. Um, whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, Terrors of Peak steals damage equal to that creature's power to any target. It's like, and I think it's even funnier that we talked earlier about the similarities between this and Kalia because this was also a cut yeah. and add into Kalia um, for kind yeah. of different reasons, right? Like Kalia can cheat this out and so so and so forth, but it's just like it's so funny that, that like. Warstorm Surge was in like piles of precons, Commander Staple, yep. like Ranit and Prosh, All Star, and all these other decks, and then one card comes out that just completely nullifies it. <laughs> now, granted, I will say this: you get to for for anyone that is a Warstorm Surge fan, it is just one more mana than Terror of the Peaks, and it's an enchantment, so it is harder to get yeah, rid sure. of. But I think having this on a body that can also hit people is just in your deck makes it agreed better. and and I, yeah. I i i didn't run warstorm surge in my kalia deck but i could see like i mean i'd be i'd be fine running warstorm surge probably in my uh snake deck over mm -hmm. terror of the peaks mm -hmm. just because i have green and so yeah. five mana six mana it's kind of the same yeah. thing to me but I think I think to your point and the reason why this is so much better in Kalia and in and uh Rakdos pains so Warstorm Surge in both these decks, you're paying six no matter what, right? Or yeah, it's six, right? Yeah. You're paying six no matter what. But in both Kalia and Rakdos, you're either paying zero or likely two. Like a three a three mm -hmm. mana reduction in a Rakdos deck is a joke. Like you get it with any of the pingers that we talked about. And that uh, that to me is like the critical difference of it. Totally makes sense. All right, we're on to the no budget. We're doing the, We're also cutting the same card. Option. I'll give you. Uh, I'll give you the option. Usually, we like to end the cuts with the person's that's deck it is. But since we shared the under fifty, do you want to go first for the personal recommendation, or do you want to go last? I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you right now. It don't matter because you have. <laughs> I believe. I think. I think the game has warped such that, and my own brain has, has warped such that. I think you're. I think you are right on almost all of these cards. Thank you. So uh, we should do another three, two, one. Oh, I oh on what we're yeah. cutting. Okay, yeah, three, two, sepulchral primordial primordial. It yep. just doesn't have the so it's. I'll go through it real quick. It's five. It's five colorless black black for a creature or avatar. It's a five four with intimidate, which all sounds good, right? Paying this for two, why not? When it when yeah. it enters the battlefield for each opponent, you may put up the one target creature card from that player's graveyard onto the battlefield under control. I think that this card was like, I'm not going to lie to you. This was one of the best cards in the decks when I first built it five years ago. Mm -hmm. Just because it was like much more battle cruiser, much more slow. A lot of yep. people were playing bigger decks and that sort of thing. And I think, you know, we've talked about this card so many times throughout this the course of this podcast, right? And outside of a few decks, like I still think that the primordials, have a decent, have a decent, like especially the blue and black ones are good in mill decks just because you're going to have more options. But in this one, sure. to your point, by and large, the creatures in my graveyard are going to outclass anyone else's by a country yeah. mile, like no questions. 
Yeah, uh, unless you just get lucky and you just happen to sit down at a pod with another battle cruiser yeah. deck, which the odds of that happening, I mean, think about it. I mean, even our friends that have decks that live in the red zone, like think of Duff. Yeah. He has lots of decks that live in the red zone. And sure, if he's playing his dragon's deck or dinos, you could get some juicy targets. But if he's playing knights or goblins, it's like, cool, right. I get a three. And three. what's the difference? And, and awesome. what's the difference between like in this card, this card, there's other cards where you play it down and get to cast one creature from a graveyard, right? At significantly yeah. less. So to your point, the, like especially in our play groups and the play groups we've been seeing, this it's a, it's a blank card. Yeah, and I'll, the last thing I'll say on it, obviously when this was printed way, way, way long time ago, 5-4 um, four for 7 with all these abilities was great. I think for this card to be playable now, it probably needs to be a 7-7 seven, seven for 7 with those abilities, yeah. because because there is a major chance that you whiff yeah, 100%. on his whole ETB effect. So, all right. Do you want to talk about your card? Or do you want me to talk about mine? Because uh, mine, you and I have talked about before, <laughs> and you've even admitted that you need to get a copy. I own a copy of mine that I've been looking for a home for, so why don't you go ahead? All right. It's my boy. Oh. Uh, I like to just put him in decks just to have an anti-mill strategy. Oh. But in your deck, I think this is amazing. And you still don't own a copy. I don't know why. <laughs> Kozilek. Which I was going to say, is it, Ka is it Kaz or Ula? <laughs> yeah, well, you have one Ula in yeah, here. Yeah, sure. Um, so this is a 10-drop. Legendary Creature Eldrazi, Mythic. It's a 12-12. When you cast it, draw four. That fixes a Rakdos yeah. problem of needing card draw. Annihilator 4, defending player sacks 4 permanents. That's just gross. Yeah. And then whenever it's put into a graveyard from anywhere, you just shuffle it, shuffle your entire graveyard back into your library. Like, people are going to kill this, and people are going to kill your big things. And so when they kill this, you may have three, four, five other big things in your graveyard. Oop, let's just do some Monster Mash, shuffle yeah. it up, and go at it again. It is a little monster match. Yeah, and like, and that's like, let's be honest here. Like, if I had unlimited budget, which like now that I'm not buying sealed product every day or every month, I sort yeah. of do. And I think like, if we're, if we're gonna be completely honest, if you look at all the decks I own and the ones I play, Kozlik, the the OG printings of Kozlik and Ulamog fit this deck like a T, right? Yep. They're they're backbreaking. They win. Can you like? It's the same thing of casting Void Winner, right? Like, can you imagine casting this turn four or five or six? Oh, oh, people, people will you will immediately become the arch enemy if they haven't already scooped. Oh, and, and like even then, like I think the best part about this card a is it refills your hand, right? So okay, cast this card for free. I have what a twenty five percent chance of drawing another Eldrazi card that I can also cast for free or tutoring yep. for another one, right? Um, so yeah, so it, I think to your point. This is a slam dunk. Ulamog's a slam dunk in here, and this is like it's almost to the point where it's like they're they're not getting any cheaper. I should got that for I should have gotten four copies when they're thirty dollars, and here we are. Yeah, but that would have been crazy if I would have been like, "Hey, Tuck, you need to buy four copies of Cosmic for thirty bucks." You'd been like, "You're out of your mind combo." I'm gonna wait. <laughs> yeah, and now it's now the cheapest copy you can get sixty. Well, and here's interesting too. Ulamog used to be the expensive one, and Cosmic uh, was the cheaper, and Ulamog now is cheaper by fifty bucks. Whoa, Ulamog's only ten dollars? Oh, I'm sorry, bucks? sorry. Uh, it's fifty. It's fifty dollars. But Kozla, so I mean, oh, okay, it's, so it's, it's like fifteen. Yeah, it's less. Cheaper. It's, it's cheaper than ten dollars. <laughs> I was looking at the price of Ulamog, which is fifty dollars. So the one thing I would like to point out before we move on, you're gonna have to zoom in. Kozilek's head. What's going on? So there? I think. So okay, this is what I think here. Ulamog's kind of got like the the manticles, right? 
And uh-huh. Kozilek is like, um, he's like Pyramid Head from the Silent Hill series. Like his head is just that little okay. bit, and then he knows his head is vulnerable, so he's built up this big neck carapace to protect it. Interesting. Uh, and I got because you know Eldrazi's need protection right. because they're so. Well, fragile. and I got an even deeper cut from you. Uh, if you ever seen the movie Highlander, which I'm sure you haven't, I vaguely okay. Remember so that. there's like a gazillion sequels, and later there was some guy, a Highlander, who had the genius idea of being like, "Well, the only way I can die is someone can hack my head off." So he just built his own steel impenetrable armor plate that he put around his head, and no one could beat him. So that's what that's what <laughs> that's what Kozlik is doing. Uh, it's pretty great. All right, Tuck, what are you going to add? So we're again we're talking about like value, right? So okay, so sepulchral primordial cast cost seven can potentially do nothing, right? And I have another, I have one of these lying around and I've been trying to figure out where to put it and I, it's a slam dunk in here. So can't believe I didn't have any in here earlier. Kind of a classic commander card, but shouldered whispering one. It's just a better oh, sure. uh, sepulchral primordial by a country mile. So uh, she's a legendary uh, creature, predator, six, six swamp walk, which honestly I would say is even better than intimidate or whatever sepulchral has. Cause there's always someone playing yeah. black. 6-6. Six, six. At the beginning of your upkeep, return target creature from your graveyard to the battlefield. At the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, that player sacrifices a creature. So, again, it's just like, there. to me, there's no comparison. So, Portugal Primordial come mm-hmm. down, comes down, and there's a, what? 75%, 75% chance he does nothing? Right? No, yo, I yeah. mean, I, this sounds bad, because technically your math is right. I would almost say there's like an eighty or ninety percent chance. Oh yeah, that yeah, nothing. yeah. Not that, not that he, not that he doesn't grab anything. It's like I got. Yeah, what else I was, I was literally just gonna say what else. I'm not even joking. Whereas, like again, especially in this deck, the the point that you sold me on the sepulchral primordial being bad is like if you're if you're playing this in a if you're playing this in a deck and hoping to win, then you don't care about your own graveyard, right? Yeah. Whereas there unless especially in this non battle cruiser groups that we've been playing in there is mm-hmm. very little chance that anyone has a better creature card in their graveyard than me and at this point when i'm playing yeah. her i have all of them and beyond and beyond yeah. that even playing her you know i think we've all had this experience where someone plays a children early in the game they get lucky turn 5 and you're no, just like okay now what like how do we get back from yeah. this Okay, I can kill it, but then he probably just has a way to get it back, and then that doesn't even that doesn't even negate what what future issues that are coming up. So, um, I, yeah, like I think I think I didn't put it in here because it's expensive, but now that I have a spare for like whatever reason, I can't remember why. Um, just seems like a straight upgrade to Sepulchral. Yeah, that completely makes sense, man. I mean, I love Shieldred just to be. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so good. good. Um, so, you know, we'll, uh, just have to see how filthy this deck is. And I'm telling you, man, you need to quit waiting. You're breaking down all these decks, grab $80 worth of cards, head to level one and trade them in for a damn cost. Yeah. You know I need, I need one, one so bad. I can, I got, and, and then once you have the one play test it into your other decks, yeah. cause it is, it's not, it's not something to expect uh, a friend and colleague to spend $70 <laughs> per deck for one card. Right. Yeah. But Hey guys, 
We're at the end of this bloodbath, and as promised, <laughs> here's some details about our giveaway from our sponsor, Level One. So we've been a little wishy-washy just because uh, uh, emails uh, apparently are not the preferred method for Level One on uh, getting things. So, hey, look, they need uh, to get on this email a train. It's a great place. It's a great place. <gasps> So it was a little delayed and it also didn't help that I didn't email them about this month's giveaway until like the day we recorded the first February episode. So here is what you guys are getting. All of these will be alternate art cards, Narset of the Ancient Way, the Royal Scions, Ashiok Nightmare Muse, Luca Copper Coat Outcast, and you're even gonna get a Nissa of Shadowed Bow. Oh, sweet! So, yeah, you're getting a whole lot of sweet Planeswalkers, a whole lot of sweet alternate arts, and I can't wait to see what filthy decks you guys build with it. But you got to figure out how to enter into that contest, and here's how you can do that: you get an entry for every interaction you do with us on social media. You get entries for being part of our patron community. You also get entries for just following us on Facebook, Twitter. YouTube, podcast platform, all the different things. We will announce the winner on MTG Action 4 News March 2nd and social media soon after. Yes, these giveaways will happen every single month. It could be a sweet collection of cards like this, a sweet deck. Maybe it's a sealed product, even though me and Tuck have sworn off sealed, <laughs> but apparently I'm breaking the rules on secret layers. You beautiful fool. <laughs> but we would like five-star reviews. We do want you to follow us. We want feedback because honestly, we can never get better unless you tell us how we can be better. And if you want to find out more ways to enter into the contest and how to get a hold of us, here's how you could do that. You can reach me at Mr. Comet number five on Twitter. I'll spell out except for the five. Big Tuck, where can they reach your demonic self? Well, uh, I think now things seem to be cooling off, so I might actually reinstall Twitter on my phone. So you can find me there at Big Tuck tweeting on the Twitterverse. You can also follow our main account at CMD Tower on Twitter as well. We also do have a website, cmdtower.com, where we will have this episode's article up that Big Tuck uh, puts a lot of time into for you guys. It'll have a deck list. It'll have a funny little gif. It's all good things that Big Tuck puts together for you. You can also basically find us anywhere on the interwebs by simply Typing in. Oh, he had, had to look it up. Conduit of Ruin, Mere Battlesphere, Desolation Twin, Tower, Squee McGee. If people want to find a get a hold of your Manolith commentary, how would they do that? Uh, first, uh, my demonic self. I think, uh, Big Tuck, we should probably rename our band that in also cover a My Chemical Romance song, wear all sorts of black garb and makeup. I think my, my demonic self, that is good. Yep, yep, not bad. Uh, and then, you know where to get me, Dear Squee at cmdtower.com. Uh, I see all you degenerates messaging me in this Discord thing. I don't know what that is. Uh, <laughs> email, folks, email. He does uh, do a whole lot of audio editing for obviously our channel, but can also do your projects as well. Um, he does have also a full studio. If you ever are in the Kansas City metro area, just remember mass required shaved armpits optional is that is that from experience getting to the beach 
Getting ready for it? <laughs> no, no, I, I trim under there. I don't right, shave it. Right. Um, but ah, it's gross, man. Uh, my fiance is into like the chest hair thing, and they, I usually like to be like clean and waxed. And so, oh yeah, dude, I don't like it. <laughs> she, likes a, she likes. A, she likes a real man. The sacrifices. She's just like. Sacrifices she's just like me. She's just like me, Mister Combo. She likes a real man in the sheets. <laughs> I want that oh, rug burn, like Mister Buzz. Oh yeah. Well, if you guys want to support our sponsor with the orders, we let's be honest, everyone's already placing stuff, whether it's single or sealed. Uh, just do it with Level 1, uh, level1gameshop.com. When you place an order in the order notes, just type in CMD Tower so they know that you came from The Collective. Uh, they're awesome people down there. Me is the one that I work with each month for your monthly giveaways. Uh, definitely giving them business helps keep our gift giving alive. If you would actually like to put dollars in our pockets and help us out directly financially, head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash cmdtower. Uh, like our good old buddy, the Tree Folk Lord, you get shout outs for just a buck a month, plus access into that Discord that Squee will apparently ignore you on. Um, and then also <laughs> get entered in for deck therapy, which we've uh, now been going on strong for two, three yeah. months now. And it's been a, a, a new series that people have enjoyed on MTG Action 4 News. But for five or 15 or 25 a month, you also get tons of swag. Whenever we come out with new swag, you automatically get it. It's not like you gotta pay extra or cancel, re-enter. Um, you know, we like to support our community as best we can, uh, but also we use that money to help upgrade our equipment. Like you can hear my awesome microphone I'm using right now. Tuck's next in line, gotta get him something better than whatever makeshift setup he has. Uh. You can and still especially now that he'll be hear me. <laughs> that was so creepy. <laughs> Plus, like I mentioned earlier, you do get additional entries into the monthly giveaways. Uh, but if you can't help us out financially monthly, but you would still like to get some of that swag, head over to our store, cmdtower.com slash merch, um, and order stuff, please. My family would appreciate it. And of course, Pink Royal. Thanks for the music at the beginning and the end. And T-Coats. Tyler is our awesome video editor. Go check him out on Twitter at T.Coats. Uh, hit him up for any kind of projects you might need some video editing on. Trust me, he is way better than Mr. Combo Number 5's PowerPoint presentation that you used to have to suffer through. <laughs> so, Big Tuck, Rakdos, Lord of the Lodge Boys. How do you feel? Do you think we talked about some good cards? Do you think we have helped the strategy or do we just make this thing filthier than it already was? You know, it's weird where it's like a lot of the decks we've been, I feel like a lot of the decks we've kind of been talking about recently have needed like some serious like deck therapy, right? Like they need some work. And I feel like the last two that we talked about with Kalia and Rakdos, like they're still solid decks, right? But I think there's just a few pieces here and there that we can that we can trim out, like a little fat we can trim out, you know, a, a little yeah. a little bit of um, of leanness we can add into them. And I think especially we haven't I haven't said this we have we haven't talked about this a whole ton, but like having these decks that I've, been, that I've had around for so long and just looking through the list objectively, objectively as opposed to passionately when you build something, I think has really been helpful, right? Um, I love the additions that we've talked about. You know, I think there's a lot of cool stuff in here. And I think that, I, I think if we can, I think if, I already like playing this deck, so if I can smooth it out even a little bit more, then it's gonna be more fun to play. No, that completely makes sense. And um, 
You know, it's interesting to say, you know, hear you when you kind of talk about like, yeah, you know, it used to come out blazing screaming. I've done some little uh, adjustments because, you know, that's just not the kind of play style I wanted, uh, which I always find interesting with you because you, you speak <laughs> as if you don't want to play good decks or competitively and you don't like to win games, yet your actions contradict <laughs> those words. Uh, and I definitely feel that is the case today when we talk about um you know shieldred but i will say this your recommendations for terror of the peaks is fine yeah. but you know it's not game breaking yep. spawn of mayhem i already said it i think that's that's just not even An casual another cabinet. another, spi another spice card, card. <laughs> yeah um but i i like the direction you've done with the deck i do would i'd love to see you maybe a couple years from now after you get to play with this, this these new changes maybe do what i kind of talked about in the beginning where even with kalia we said hey you don't have to have them all just build an angel deck yeah. with kalia or build just dragons or just demons i'd love to see you pick a kind of oddball theme for this that isn't eldrazi's uh, maybe it is demon tribal. Yeah. Maybe it's hey, the way I'm gonna win is off of that. What's it, Liliana's pack? Well, and actually, so what's have so what's interesting that. is like I just tore apart my um, other Rakdos deck, right? That was all demons and devils. Oh god, that terrible. Oh, it's terrible. One. But like, I think to your point, being able to play it in a deck like this that's much more streamlined, has a little bit more of a budget, would definitely make that deck more fun to play, more smooth, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of directions you could go. Hell, you could even go like this weird god tribal. Oh, with Rakdos, which would be kind of fun. Now you've gone too far, uh, Mr. Jokester. <laughs> <laughs> but bye-bye.